0: You're listening to Mind Labs, an open platform for artists on Sheffield Live. For more information, visit www.mindlabs.co.uk. My name is Helen Bledgerman. I was born in Mexico City and have lived in Sheffield for four years. At this point of my stay, I still feel that I haven't found or grabbed in my hands the tangible lessons of the ever-changing city of Sheffield. Then I wonder if a metropolis is at all something that one could decipher. And if it is, how to discover its real substance, the center of its real essence? I wonder if the truth of a city is based on its history or does it lie in its own present? Perhaps it becomes projected onto what others perceive, or it is reflected in what it inspires in others. Those that are in the know say that images from films and literature influence the collective image of a place. But I think one possible way to disentangle the essence of a city could be defined by what the foreigner perceives. So, in those terms, would it be possible to decipher a metropolis through the notes of a stranger, an outsider? let's say, a walker? Would it be a feasible way to gain understanding of what a city is made of? In an attempt to answer these questions, I am initiating a search for the soul of the city of Sheffield. My aim is to try to understand the fifth largest city in the UK through notes that I will be taking as a traveler, as a walker. I will walk Sheffield from north to south and east to west, and I will stop in several places. The criteria to choose the place will be open, sometimes related to a personal interest, and other times I will be visiting unpopular, unknown and hidden places. But once there, I will talk to people, will take notes, and basically feel free to sense the place. Then I will bring with me the impressions, and we will broadcast them over the radio. In this way, all the notes will return to the city, where I believe they really belong. This will take some time but later with all the roads walked places visited and impressions taken i hope to have gathered enough information to unveil my own deciphered urban map having said that i wonder if the idea of finding the very heart of a contemporary metropolis is a collective or just a personal experience is it even possible to reach and understand the soul of a city or it is merely a task that will always belong to the gender of fantasy and imagination. I looked at Sheffield on a map and realize that its shape is like nestle in the countryside. It looks like it is supported or relaxed on the big green area. And this large area of green even looks a little bit motherly, supporting Sheffield on the map. This threshold between the city and the countryside brings me to the one of the most western borders of Sheffield. I have decided to begin my journey here in an open area used by the community for recreational purposes the Ball Hill Recreation Ground. And despite the huge amounts of uncommon snow and my hair and everything blown by a very strong wind, I walked into the Ball Hill Ground. Looking at it on a map, it is like snuggle between the suburbs of Crooks and Walkley. And actually, the area of Crooks was regarded in the 19th century for its clear air as one of the holiday spots in Sheffield. Some minutes ago, I entered the Ball Hill Ground through Longfield Road, uh, this is one of the entrances on of the side of the Windy Crooks. Actually, the name Ball Hill derives from the practice of uh, smelting iron ore. The balls were always in open areas because they needed uh, wind to fan the furnaces. And I can see what they mean. The wind here is stronger and colder than in any other places I've visited in Sheffield. But as I entered, the first thing I saw on the right-hand side were these enormous football and basketball courts. And a notice board said uh, that this recreation ground is part of Sheffield City Council Parks and Countryside and run by volunteers. And another sign said, no golfing. Actually, if you haven't been uh, here in the Ball Hill, this sign will help you imagine the size of the green open space. On my left-hand side, uh, I I saw a crown green balls and a board announcing bowling club, casual slash one-off players welcome. As a person born in Mexico City, this bowling court makes me feel firmly on the other side of the world, actually. Even a little bit on the other side of time. In the past or in a movie. Although I know that bowling is a sport that more than 40 countries follow today. But as I watched the empty and silent crown-green bowling, I couldn't help but imagine people dressed in crisp white outfits playing the game slowly while drinking lemonade on a beautiful summer's day. Then, I continued walking towards the rear of the ground, sorting the snow and trying trying not to slip on the ice, and I came across a large area with a short metal fence surrounding a children's playground swings, a seesaw, climbing nets and of course an elephant and a camel made of acrylic today all quiet, empty windy and some parts covered in snow actually in summer children's play here and normally you can see families and people walking their dogs but now after some days of much snow the area is kind of mute the swings and the seesaw are moving with the wind and a couple of blackbirds follow each other and just two people all all wrapped up in jackets and jumpers walk their dogs. The sky looks immense with gigantic slow and billowing clouds and other clouds, smaller, darker, move faster. Today, this feels far from a playground. It is cold and wet, but it feels chillingly cold. I'm not sure if it is due to the snow or due to that image of an empty playground with objects moving along with the wind. When I walked to the very back of the ball hill, I found myself in front of an awe-inspiring vista, hill after hill fading in the vastness. As I turned my head from right to left, I realized that there in the distance were the areas of hills, brass, Dannington, crosspool, and riveling valley. Actually, the latter could take you from here to the open countryside in just a 15-minute walk. But if you follow the opposite direction, a 15-minute post-ride would take you to the city centre directly. Here I am located in one of the closest points to the Peak District National Park. Sheffield shares this uh, Peak District with counties like Lancashire, Greater Manchester, Cheshire and Staffordshire. This is one of the beauties of Sheffield, and particularly of Crookes, close to the city centre and literally a stone's thrown away from the great British countryside. According to the city council, Sheffield is the greenest city of England, and from there I could see why. Standing there, looking at the view, made me feel on the edge, not not just of a city, but on the frontier of something else. I, I cannot quite understand. Maybe the wide open creates the sensation of hope, but it somehow feels a symbol of something else. Perhaps... On the one hand, it provides me with a clear sense of possibilities. Actually, looking at how the big district is born from between the hills. But on the other hand, that view created a feeling of lost possibilities. Things that didn't happen, somehow unfulfilled dreams. Not sure, but it might be the architecture I could see in the distance. Maybe the terrace houses line up like military formation. These dozens of rows of red houses that make me feel, not think, but feel, the industrial past of Sheffield. I could feel in in the architecture, even if the distance, a certain sense of unachieved dreams. Actually, it makes me feel a little bit melancholic. Ball Hill Recreation Ground is surrounded by a line of terrace houses at the very entrance and a complex of modern apartments on the right-hand side. And in the front, this impressive view. In that view, I could say, the industrial Sheffield is revealed. But these three different sides of the ball hill provide the area with an eclectic feeling, but even more, with a sense of layers of time, layers of different parts of history. A local man commented that during the First World War, threatening zeppelins used to fly across some areas of Sheffield, ...and as soon as the air raid warning siren went... ...many people took refuge in their cellars... ...but others panicked and flocked to the city's parks... ...one of them being the Bull Hill Ground. They came here hoping to be safe from the falling bombs. Actually, other people took the warnings as a spectacle... ...thinking that Sheffield's location surrounded by hills... ...made it impossible to be found at night by a zeppelin. Another local anecdote, sometime after the First World War in 1935... Told of how an airplane crashed in the playground, and for a while local children came and watched the crashed scene every dinner time. I can imagine those children watching the wreck at night and overlooking perhaps the exact same view I was standing in front of. This landmark defines one of the edges of the city of Sheffield, one of its borders. One line on a map that makes the city of Sheffield a geographically contained area. In other words, the West that determines the geographical Sheffieldness of Sheffield. As Humberto Eco puts it in his essay, The Line and the Labyrinth, culture is not possible without recognizing a border. This makes me think perhaps one clue deciphering a city lies in the history of its own borders. Anyway, Ball Hill Recreation Ground, embedded between the suburbs of Crookes and Walkley, was the trigger today to venture from a children's playground all the way back to the First World War threatening zeppelins flying over Sheffield. And this was the starting point of a journey that will hopefully provide me with more clues as a traveler on how to decipher the soul, the very essence of the city of Sheffield.